Okay. Hey, Dave. Hey, Michelle. Dave. Or Mixie, I'm sorry. Mixie, oh my I God. Revealed, I revealed your secret identity. You did. I'm sorry. You want That's to restart? Okay. Do you see my eyes not having makeup on now? You want see? to restart? Yeah, I want to start. I want you to tell me my, I don't have makeup on right now. All right, you don't have makeup on. All right, thank you. Oh my God. And I have makeup on, you'll know. All right. All right, you want to hear me do an impression of Janice Joplin? Sure, let's hear it. Okay, all right, let's try it. dress up like her too. I am, that's going to go in the video. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was going to reveal that too. You always go oh. ahead. Okay, guys, so Dave, my best friend, is a Sagittarius, and I, I know he always says, don't go by just your sun sign. But let me tell you, he is the most impatient bastard <laughs> you will ever meet. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And if you look at my chart, you would see that my, my son in Sagittarius is trying Jupiter and Aries. So that's a lot of oh, fire. And God. fire is very impatient. So yeah. I am impatient. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, that's why Dave always uh, gets ahead of my jokes or my lead-ins. Sorry. No, I like it. It's cute. It's our dynamic. Okay. I just wanted a bitch about you being impatient. Also, right. guys, I'm the most patient motherfucker you'll ever meet. So that's you know, true. That's what I makes am. you a good mom. I got it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm You're a good well. mom. You are a very good mom. You want to hear my Janice Joplin? Yes. All right. Let's hear it. Oh, freedom's just another word for nothing else to lose. Nothing. I don't know the words. <laughs> oh, he's in one good enough. Oh, and it's sang the blues. <laughs> good enough for me. I'm a Bobby McGee. How's that? That was good. Yeah, it was all right. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear my Amy Winehouse impression now? Wait. So we were talking over each other. What did you say? I said, do you want to hear my Amy Winehouse impression now? But you were complimenting me, so I always want to hear your compliment first. So you do that. Okay. Well, the compliment was first of all, you sing very well, and I always tell you that. I know you do. I wanted to prove it to other people. I didn't sound exactly like Janice, but I feel like you captured her spirit. Yeah, I'm more about capturing spirits of people than yeah. sounding like them. Yeah. Um, there's a British actress I love. Uh, um, she played Bubble in AbFab. Jane yeah, Hart. I love her too. Yeah, she is the mimic, Hart, and yeah. she can perfectly mimic Judy Garland. Well, if you've ever seen that movie, Little Voice. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, she imitates like, I don't know, like a dozen different singers. I know, she's so fucking good. I wish I was her. Come on, New York, come on, get happy. Yeah. I can't tell I was you. so impressed by her when I saw that movie. I know. I was yeah. like, oh, she's not just Bubble or the Good right. Witch and the Witches. She's fucking amazing. Wow, yeah. she has albums too. I have them all. Oh, does she? Oh, I'll have yeah. to check that out. She kind of inspired me to mimic Amy Winehouse when does I she uh, sing. Does she imitate people on her albums, or does she sing in her own voice? I think she sings in her own voice. I forgot. I haven't listened to the albums, and I I put them on my playlist, and oh, okay. I just haven't gotten. In. I listened to like a couple songs. I think it's a lot of original stuff from her. She's a great singer. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, 
All right, let's so Amy. she kind of. All right, let's hear Amy. Let's, I, right. I think I'm better at Amy. Yeah, you sound I, I like could that. look like Amy, and you guys will see that in the video. All right, meet you downstairs in the bar and her your rolled up sleeves and your skull t-shirt. You said, "What do you do with him today?" And sniff me out like I was Tanqueray. Cause you're my fella, my guy. Hear me, you're still looking fly. By the time I'm out the door, you tear me down like Roger Moore. I cheated myself like I knew I would. I told ya I was troubled. You know that I'm no good. Do, 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 cabbage patch. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I don't think I, I think I get the spirit of Amy more than Amy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You sound more like her, too. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have an affinity for Amy Winehouse. That was really great. Oh, thank you. I love her style. Like her, I mean, my dad raised me on blues. Obviously, my dad has also seen Janis Joplin. Oh, guys, my dad didn't just see Janis Joplin live. Let's hear this. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. My dad saw The Who open for Janis Joplin. Joplin. Wow. Yeah. That's How fucking amazing. insane is that shit? Uh, yeah, so I grew up besides classical music and reggae and Broadway. And I grew up with all 60s, 50s, everything. And right. definitely all the hippie shit that my dad loves. So yeah. I'm, I'm anyway. envious, envious of him. My dad? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Oh hell live yeah. right down the street from the Fillmore in the late 60s. Oh my God. Oh, I know. And then his best friend, Bernie. One of my favorite bands. I could have seen I know. Before. Well, you'll love his best friend, Bernie, who's been following the dead since they uh, well, uh, uh, I thought I mean, you loved the dead. I do, but I mean, they don't always sound good live. Yeah, oh, that's true. Good. My dad saw Buffalo Springfield. Do you like them? Oh, yeah. Love Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, he saw everything the at the Fillmore East back then. Yeah, the thing, about the, dead, the thing about the dead is you have to get them on a good night because a lot of times they don't sound good live. And I saw them four nights in a row. And oh, I was yeah. lucky because it was a really good performance. They were at the top of their game. And then Jerry died like six months later. So I was like, thank God I got to see them. But no. Oh, yeah, 94. I remember people being Yeah, I love the dead, them. but I'm not a deadhead. I'm not obsessed with them. I don't follow them around. I don't talk about them all the time. Yeah, uh, everybody the at school. that I went to the show with, they annoyed mm -hmm. the shit out of me because we were standing around and that's all they were talking about. Like, oh yeah, they were talking about set lists. You know, like what songs they played at what shows. I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking boring. <laughs> I'll to the hotel room, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I never got into the dead, but I wore a Grateful Dead I had this great Grateful Dead t-shirt in high school, but I like tie-dye a lot. I still wear tie-dye. It wasn't about the dead. It was about the that pattern and the colors. Yeah. So everyone thought I was a deadhead, and really I only like Working Man and American Beauty. I'm well, just a surface dead fan, you know? Those are two of my favorites. American Beauty is my all-time favorite. Yeah, American Beauty is their best album, hands down. 
I agree. I love singing songs from American Beauty. Yeah. But anyway, so I guess we are kind of a music podcast now. <laughs> because here's another 27 Club episode. Woo! good friend no not my very good friend i haven't even met him yet so in the beginning of quarantine i decided i'm going to support local artists because i am a local artist so that's what i do i pay my artist friends to do shit for me so i can create art it's we're all a family here you know but anyway so i met winter over winter he will be linked uh on a facebook quarantine uh group and at since we started talking and bonding and I found out he does, oh, I made a post. Can, does anyone compose electronic music, blah, blah, blah. He's the only one who wrote me back. And I'm like, this is what I need. Yeah. I told him I wanted the season one um, theme music for my other podcast that will hopefully come out sometime soon. And then he did that. And I was so amazed. I said, okay, now you're going to do the second season of my storytelling podcast. So he's doing that now. And the other day, I was like, yo, babe, can you uh, do our theme music? And he's like, hell yeah, bitch. So we have theme music. We have intro and outro music now. How cool is that? That's very cool. Yay. And welcome, guys, to our second episode on 27 Club Old and New. We are doing Janice and Amy. What? And once again, we have a situation where we have a an older artist that I'm very familiar with and a newer artist that you're very familiar with. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but I am familiar with both of them. I mean, I had Pearl in high school. Yeah, well, I know absolutely nothing about Amy Winehouse. Oh. except that she- You know what, her. and I forgot to study up on my Amy before I did this, but I do, some of the things I know Will, be, will suffice, you know, like yeah, relationships right. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we know tertiary information. Really, we're talking about the charts. Yeah, so, it's all about yeah. the charts for us. But yeah. we, lo I love both their music very much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I think uh, maybe at the end, you know, that um, my dad and I have a band called Kings Highway. Uh, my right. dad strums. He strums. A, he learned a song in a key. Yeah, he learns a song in a key and then expects me to magically go up an octave and sing it perfectly. Yeah. So at the end, we'll have a really flat treat <laughs> of King Highway doing Summertime, which is one of my favorite blues songs. Do you ever tell him, hey, Dad, can you play that in a lower key? I, I'm like, G, Dad, G, you know, G, come on. Let oh, me my mom in G. That's, what? That's, your, that's your Joe, your flat. You yeah, know how I that's okay. We have fun. You know what, though? Like, we, I mean, that female, more female sung songs can be a little lost when my dad and I do them. But, like, we could do, like, Still the Night, and it sounds really good. Uh -huh. You know, we, we strum old 50s and 60s shit together. We're going to okay. do some traveling Wilburys soon. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. 
All right. Anyway, let's get to our episode of yeah. Music Cusp. I mean, Fight Cusp. So I did not get the documents. Let me slip out and do that now. This episode is called Ladies Sing the Blues because they do's, right? They're both very great, very good blues singers, yes. Yes. So Janice was voted like best white blues singer of the 20th century by somebody. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. So we have uh Sun and Twelfth. Mm-hmm. parentheses Pisces house opposite Pluto Pluto in Leo Sun in Capricorn okay I take it away Dave yes okay so as we did with our now this is our format for now but we you know we've decided we're going to be loose and we're going yep. to just go with the flow because um, originally we were just going to do serial killers and now we're doing musicians um, who died tragically. And so we decided that, you know, whatever comes up, we're just going to go with it. If we get an idea to do another type of uh, individual, then we're going to do that. But right yeah. now, this is the format, is we, we have people who died too young, who died under tragic circumstances. Um, yeah. And we look in the chart for things that would be like a... Uh, a sign that that might happen, that it's, it's, you know, likely to happen, or there's more of a likelihood of it happening than if they didn't have it. So for Janice, first of all, <clears throat> let me just reiterate from last time that this, um, in medical astrology, which I'm not all that familiar with, apparently the sun and the moon are <clears throat> the two most important planets to indicate health or lack of health of the body. Mm -hmm. So she has her son, which represents her body, in the 12th house. Now that's the first problem because the 12th house, as I've said before, is the house where everything starts to break down and dissolve and and, and be destroyed, everything physical. And then it's born renewed in the first house. So she has it in the 12th house, that's not good. She has it in Capricorn, which is an earth sign. So again, um, she has a very earthy sun. And that again, that's not good to have in the 12th house, which is Pisces house, because that again, that's just more like, um, more opposite the type of energy of the 12th house. Like if she had her son in, in um, Neptune, let's say, mm-hmm. in the 12th, then she might have been okay, because that's that's a sign that does well in the twelfth house. But Capricorn, no, very bad in the twelfth. Then also, <clears throat> she has it opposite her Pluto, and as we all know, Pluto represents death. Um, so she had all that against her for the possibility of you know dying young or dying from you know death by misadventure. Yeah. Um, Janice and Amy are both really sad stories to me. I love them both so much. They're very tragic. I mean, Janice had a very hard life. She just wanted people to love her for her. And, you know, people were always taking advantage of her and being cruel to her. And one other thing I noticed that I wanted to mention, because I know something about her life from reading all the books about her, 
Like she, she grew up in a, a small town in Texas where she was like the whipping boy. She was like the black sheep. Everybody, you know, just dumped their I was the black her. sheep. You have a black sheep? No, I was the black sheep. Oh, you were the black sheep. You know what? That's funny because I always wanted a black sheep tattooed on me. A black lamb. Black well, you lamb. Still have, you still have some skin left to tattoo. I do. I think so. But uh, I grew up ostracized and made fun yeah. of like since right. day one so, of first grade. So, okay. So what happened was she moved out to San Francisco and everybody loved her in San Francisco because they were all weirdos too. You know, and she had a great voice already. And so she joined a rock and roll band and they were all like a family and she was really happy. Um, but I think what happened was she threw herself into the drug subculture of the time because she wanted to fit in, because she wanted friends. Um, I say that because of Pluto being in Leo <clears throat> and that is opposing, I didn't say that, I didn't tell you this last time, but I'm looking at it now. Her Pluto, which is death, is in Leo, so that's the self. Um, so death of the self. Right, but it's opposite Venus in, in, in uh, Aquarius. So Aquarius wow. is... Aquarius represents groups, groups of people enjoy, and being a member of a group. And mm -hmm. she has that in the 12th house. And so it just feels like, you know, she joined these groups of people, but there was drugs. There's just drugs, 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 drugs. And that, you know, that's what killed her um, ultimately. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I wanted to, before we go on, I, uh, a lot of the 27 club people, you know, it's often drugs or, you know, yeah. I wanted, uh, I forgot to ask, I wanted you to describe a Saturn return for people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, everybody um, goes through, well, it's a transit and transits are when the planets in the sky make an aspect to a planet in your natal chart. And there are certain tra transits that everybody goes through um, at a certain time in their lives. The one that's the most well-known is the Saturn return. And that happens to everybody between the ages of 29 and 31. Saturn yeah. comes back to where it was when you were born. So the Saturn in the sky is conjunct the Saturn in your chart. And yeah, and I, I just, oh. Sorry, I thought you were done. I was going to, I was going to continue. You, you always it? continue. Go. <laughs> you want to say it? You're so okay. pontificating. I'm not pontificating. No, that's good. I didn't call you pedantic. Well, you could. You did that last episode. You're like, can I be a pedant like your dad? That's <laughs> Michelle. I'm just kidding. I love you, and I love your dad. Right. Anyway, to get to the point, so when the transits happen, a lot of things change. It's like a window of opportunity to change things in your life that aren't working. So they usually uh, help you to see your life more clearly. 
So the Saturn return, since Saturn is like the building of things, the construction of things in, in the world, you can suddenly see what things you've created, like a relationship, a job, um, you know, anything really that you've created. And if it's not working for you, if it's, if it's bringing about negative results, um, people usually just drop it and move, and, and, and move on to something else. So it's very common um, during um, Saturn returns for people's lives to completely change. People get divorced, people get married, they move across the country, they quit their jobs, you know, they start a tofu farm, whatever. You know? <laughs> so it's oh, a time of great change of things that you have built up and created in your life and you choose which ones are good for you and create new ones. So that's so. Okay, are you finally done now? I'm just kidding. Hey, Dave. That's for you. Thank you, Dave. Wait a minute. I'll turn it up for you if you can't hear. Oh yeah. <laughs> Want to see my movie? <laughs> all right. Um. <laughs> all right. Um. So I wanted to then ask you: Do you think the members of the Twenty Seven Club approaching their Saturn return? feeling all that weight on them. Do you think some people by that time tend to give up before Saturn returns? Do you think it has anything to do with it? This is my theory. Yeah. Do you, what do you think about it? I mean, I mean, anything's possible. It's, it is two years away and that's a long time. Um, that's true. But, but as the, I mean, two years for in 27, is a lot, right? For moving. Yeah. And they keep, it's like a two year build up to your Saturn return because Saturn is so much closer, right? Right. No? I don't think people really, I mean, a lot of people who are sensitive feel transits coming on like before they even start. But I don't know if two years, I don't know if you can actually feel it two years before. Oh, okay. It was just a theory. I will say one thing I don't remember which transits they are. But I remember reading that a lot of people in their late 20s go through a lot of difficulties because of the transits happening in the late 20s. And it's a time when you sort of struggle with your identity. Who am I? Do I like who I am? Do I not like who I am? So it's probably more of that. And maybe, some, that. Yeah. maybe some very sensitive souls can feel the Pluto or the um, Saturn return. I don't know. But it's not okay. a reason to kill yourself. So... I wouldn't put too much stock in that. There's, there's too much else going on that can explain. All right. It. I, it was just a theory. That's I just always theory. wanted to ask you. It's a good theory, and, and it's a theory that I use, but not two years away, or maybe a year away. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I, I was yeah. thinking of our Kurt episode, and I was like, you know, it's interesting for the people that survive past that, like the artists right. and freaks that don't kill themselves or don't get caught in with whatever, you know, that yeah go people, and create art after our saturn return kind yeah. of thing after your saturn return most people are a lot more stable they're a lot more um okay with who they are and, and what their life is people chill out a lot after the saturn return and they're much more stable and they have much more oh, yes. i remember after you know i was a mess in my late 20s a mess oh you remember mine what? 
go on. After I went through my Saturn return, I, I was just so much more stable, so much more comfortable in my own skin. I don't remember mine because you guided me through mine. Yeah, I remember. That's when I met you. You're yeah. like, oh, you're going through your Saturn return. I'm like, what is that? Why do you have me talking like Julia Child? I, no, it's just my, it's a mixy mocking oh. voice. It's moxing. Moxing, that's a good one. Moxing, yeah. <laughs> it's not, I'm, I'm not imitating you. I'm just, it's You've my moxie. you got mo a lot of moxie, Mixie. Ah, moxie ah. got moxie. Oh, oh, I said that backwards. All right, let's go on. What's our I'm next genus? Too, what, babe? Right, the next one. The kite. The points. Kite is the points. You'll say that. Sun and Neptune and conjunction of Saturn and Uranus. And her handle of the kite is Pluto. Yes, okay. I have to explain a kite. I'll try not to pontificate too much. I think you should. I should pontificate? No, I'm I don't gonna, think you... I'm going to explain it in a concise way. Um, okay, there is a configuration called a grand trine which is basically when three planets are trining each other. You get a, like a triangle form, format, formation in the chart. But if one of the points of the grand trine is making an opposition to another planet, they call it a kite. And a kite is usually a good thing because with a grand trine, since trine, a trine is the easiest aspect, when people have grand trines, they often are slackers and lazy and they don't really make much of an effort because things are too easy for them because of the grand trine, right? But if they have yeah. the opposition there, that is something that kicks them in the ass and gets them up off the couch to do something with their grand trine. So it's yep. a good mixture of energies. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, totally. Okay, so um, Janice had a grand trine but it, again, it wasn't a very good one for her in terms of, you know, dying young. Um, no, poor Janice. So I was... Uh, oh, you don't want me to say what it was? No, no, I want you to go on. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't finished. Okay. <laughs> if you want to interject, you interject. Want to interject? Well, I like to interject. I was going to add like a little oh, fun on. fact. Just Whatever. Say, I'm interjecting and I'll shut up. <laughs> Really? I don't I'll give you the finger. Our sign is the finger. So when I want to talk, I'll just give you the finger. Well, you didn't give me the finger that time, so. Yeah, I know. I keep forgetting this. I don't <laughs> want to give you the finger. finger. <laughs> Interject what you wanted to say. I want to hear what you have to say. I was, I was just saying, so it's interesting for me because I got compared to Janis Joplin a lot in high school because of my hair. My hair is big and thick and curly. And in high school, it was probably down in the middle of my back. So, and I grew up fat. I was a fat girl. And um, I got compared to Janice a lot because I was just a chill hippie. I was Janice the Muppet. I am Janice the Muppet. I know it's based on Janice, but I got There's compared to her a lot. What? There's a Muppet called Janice? Yeah, and Dr. T-Spend. You know Janice. you got to remember I'm 15 years older than you. Did you not watch Dr. Mayhem and the Electric Teeth on The Muppet Show? No, I never watched The Muppet Show. I was an adult or a teenager. Oh, my God. That's I watched right. the first episode cool. ever of, the, of Sesame Street when I was six years old. Wow. 
Oh, and that's I watched true. it until I was a teenager, probably. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So you, yeah. Okay. Forget it then. So Janice, the Muppet from Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem Band is based on Janice Joplin. She that's says awesome. stuff like, hey, troubadours, you know. Uh, that's great. Exactly, like Janice. But I used to get compared to her a lot because the Muppet Show came out in the eighties. You well, know, you're kind of Muppety anyway, so it makes. Sense. I am very Muppety, yeah. Yeah. As my Leo ascending will tell you, I am a Muppet. But anyway, I just, I just, it's interesting because I was compared to Janice a lot growing up, and after and you I love a kite in your chart too. And I do have a kite in my chart. That's right. Yeah. But after I lost all the weight, went through my Saturn return, fixed my life, blah, blah, blah. Um, somebody said to me, you know, you look exactly like Amy Winehouse. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, look her up without makeup. And it is true. I did not realize we have that very similar angular face. We are both of Polish Jewish descent. Right. And we have green eyes. Yeah. And I've thus have since dressed like her and I, I, tried her once and it was pretty fucking uncanny so I'll, I'll add a picture at the end of me trying to be amy again yeah you definitely uh, it's interesting like how it. janice and amy are so big in my life in two different points you know what i mean uh-huh that's cool so anyway thanks right. i just wanted to i thought that was interesting it you is know interesting. cool i'm 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 fascinated by the fact that there was a janice muppet <laughs> I got to show you her now. She's one of my favorites. Yeah. Next to Gonzo. I'm Gonzo and Janice in One Muppet. All right. So you want me to continue? Yes. Uh, Neptune, uh, Moon, Cancer. So now we're talking about the kite. Oh, okay. Sorry. So again, in the kite, um, she had the, um, the grand trine. So a lot of things came easy to her, uh, like her fame and her success. And um, it's Where's not that she couldn't handle the success, but it was a lifestyle of excess. Mm. You know what I mean? If you were a rock star in the late 60s, you could be high 24-7. You could get any drugs you wanted, you know. And she, I think she, she did that. She was like just high all the time because she was unhappy, because even though she was in San Francisco and in a band and everything, she still went home alone after the show was over, you know? And was she, that her whole thing? She just wanted love? She just oh, wanted shit. love. Yeah, just wanted wow, love. Wow, that sounds like me. And these men, these men, she would hook up with these men, but it would never work out. She was actually the, the girlfriend of Country Joe from Country Joe and the Fish for a while. Oh really? How did that oh, work he out? Oh, a song called Janice about her. She's really oh. Yeah. Anyway, um. so I think that the grandchild was bad for her because you know she could just live this life of excess and just drugs everywhere. But astrologically, again, she has her son touching Neptune. So there's the drugs, um, and then her. Um, Neptune is in Libra, so that's having people all around you with drugs all the time. And then the other point is a conjunction of Saturn and Uranus. 
So Saturn, again, is the body. It's the physical body. It's physical reality. And you have it, you have it aspecting Neptune. So again, it's the breakdown of the body, the breakdown of physical reality. And the Neptune there, um, I think that she, her death was just so sudden and unexpected. It was kind of a Uranian type of death because Uranus just sort of drops a bomb on your head or pulls the rug out from under your feet. And the way she died was just very unexpected and sudden. Um, you were, I mean, what did, so what then, was your reaction when she died for you and your friends and stuff? Oh, well, I, I was a little kid when she died. I didn't know oh. anything about her. I didn't get into her until I was a, you know, a little bit older. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. When she died, I was like seven. Oh, okay. All right. But one last thing about the kite. Usually people can use the handle of the kite to change if, if they're... If their grand shrine is expressing negatively, they can use the, the energy of the handle. But her handle was Pluto. Okay. So she was kind of... So death. Yeah. We got a lot of Plutos with these 27 yeah. Club people. And that's interesting because I have a strong Pluto in something. And I'm right. well, not everybody with a strong death. Pluto. Not everybody with a strong Pluto has dies early. I mean, I have a strong Pluto too. It yeah. doesn't mean you're going to die early. But when we look at their charts, Pluto is just so strong. And then they all also seem to have um, water-earth combinations that aren't good either. That seems to be yeah, common. Yeah, that's fun. true. So but she couldn't use her handle of her kite because it was fucking Pluto. So like the only way out for her was death. Uh, well, again, I'm just speculating. Again, people realize it's, it's astrology. I mean, it's useful to help people with their problems, but it doesn't really predict things in a concrete way. It's just a speculation on our part. Yeah, we pretty much say that every episode. And it's in our tagline now, too. Symbolic well, speculation like to, uh, of a panoply of people. That's what we do. Yeah, I just like to remind people because I don't want anybody... No, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't want anybody calling in or writing to us or whatever saying calling in oh, that's yes. so much bullshit. <laughs> i thought we were yeah calling in words this is a talk show <laughs> we have we have jim on line three from uh, montana who says <laughs> uh astrology is bullshit yes we know jim <laughs> speculation all right. all right there's our speculation disclaimer for this episode all right we have one more Janice before we go on to Amy. We have two, actually, but they're... Oh, Neptune, square, moon, and cancer, and Jupiter, opposite sun. Why yeah, don't you I'll, I'll do them real both quick. Awesome. Okay. So, Neptune squaring her moon. <clears throat> the moon is what makes you feel safe and loved because it represents the mother and nurturing. And she had it in Cancer, which is the sign that it rules. So her moon was very strong. So she had a much greater need for love and compassion and nurturing than most people. Unfortunately, it was squaring her Neptune. And so when she felt the need for nurturing and mothering, where did she turn? Bada bing, bada boom. Neptune, the drug planet. Wow. So that. Awesome. And then the very last thing isn't really a bad thing. 
Um, or yeah, it is actually. Oh wait, it is. If you if you ever see like videos of her or read about her, like when she was on, when she was Pearl, Pearl was like her alter ego. And that was the personality that she had when she was socializing. And Pearl was like this big, big personality, you know, that everybody loved and she was, you know, larger than life. But that wasn't really her. I mean, it was part of her, but that's when yeah. she's on. So that was her mask. Yeah, Pearl was her mask. Her, that was her mask. And Jupiter represents oh. excess. Mm -hmm. Jupiter represents going too far, too big, too much. So Jupiter was Pearl. And it was opposing her son, which was who she really was. And her son, as I said in the beginning, was, you know, afflicted. So she was in her Pearl persona too much because of that configuration. And Pearl, you know, drank a fifth of whiskey every night yes, and, yes. you know, fucked whoever was there, you know, and just did a lot of things that were not healthy and not good for her well-being so that's that yeah she, yeah. she drank a lot uh and like um if you ever saw a picture of janice in her furs um i have an interesting story about that uh from a friend from new york of mine who loves janice and she was born in 69 and she used to just tell me facts about janice all the time so if you've ever seen janice in her famous furs the hat and the coat you mean the feather what? The feather, boa? the feather boa? No, a fur coat and a hat. Oh, okay, because she has a feather boa on the cover of Pearl. No, but this is different. Um, apparently, she was drinking so much Southern Comfort all the time that she yeah. contacted the company and said, yo, I'm giving you free advertising. Give me shit. And they gave her the fur coat and hat. <laughs> I knew that. I heard that story. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. I always liked that because she always looked so happy in those furs. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Southern Comfort. That was her drink. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I tried that once in college. No more. It's Ugh. too syrupy sweet. Oh God. Yuck. Yes, yeah. All right. We are up to Amy. All right, Amy, to Amy. She talks like this. She's Cockney. Oh, she's Cockney. All right. Governor. I said. I, now I don't know what to say in Amy voice. Oh, well. This is an Amy voice. Oh, well. All right, then. Amy Winehouse sat in conjunct Pluto. Okay, once again, Pluto is in the mix. Saturn, as I've said before, represents the physical body and the health of the physical body. Among other things, you got to realize um, the planets and the signs often have several meanings. And you have to figure out which, what it means based on the rest of the planets and the patterns and everything. So her, for her, Saturn was, you know, the health of her body. And it was in Scorpio. So right there you have a problem because Scorpio is water and it's very intense water. Ugh. And that gave her a lot of emotional intensity. And that's why her singing was so full of passion. Oh my At the God, same yeah. time, it made her prone to not take care of herself physically. And since it's Scorpio and it's water, that, you know, could be drugs and alcohol 
It's what she turned uh, he to. He was heavenly, heavily, heavenly, heavily into drugs and alcohol. Yeah. I think alcohol killed her eventually. I uh, she OD'd probably on both. I mean, what? I thought she OD'd on heroin. I thought she OD'd on booze. It was yeah. <laughs> both. Like, well, you know? yeah. Well, she was a heavy was drinker, man. She was right. a jazz drinker. I know, but how many people actually die from alcohol poisoning? It's not that He was many. like five foot two and like 10 pounds. Oh, I will have to do some research on that. <laughs> she was a junkie. Uh, we're so thoroughly researched yeah, on our we subject. Know she was a junkie, so. Yeah, even though we idolize people, we still don't know that. We're like, uh, I'm there. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, stopped for albums. I stopped reading reading books about rock stars I idolized in my teen years. I stopped doing that. So if, yeah, I was, I if I was into them before the age of 16 or 17, I probably have a shitload of trivia in my head about them. Yeah, I tend to just, I, I don't, when I was younger, I read all about Tori, Tori Bush and Kate Amos, really. Well, there you go. And Bjork. And yeah. Susie Sue, like those are my ladies. So. Yeah, see, I know nothing about their lives. I know, yeah, I like Amy and her music, but yeah, I was like, I, I mean, I thought it was cool that we're both Polish Jews. I read an article once where she called her dad the K word. So apparently, like oh, as a joke, but I didn't like that. My dad and I, we don't. Maybe we she's don't. a self-hating Jew. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I mean aren't we all like I, and my dad and I can't stand Seinfeld or Larry but that doesn't mean you hate yourself for being a Jew it just means there's a lot of Jewish stuff you don't like that's true we're like the only Jews that don't Jewish, like Seinfeld it's so but, nebbish I, okay but, fine but you're not ashamed to be Jewish are you no I love being Jewish I guys I am a Juan Epstein so if you've watched Welcome Back Cotter you're already laughing but oh, I am yeah. half. I never thought <laughs> I, that. You're like a female yeah. Juan Epstein. I am Juan Epstein, yeah. Uh, guys, my dad is a uh, Brooklyn Jew, born in the 40s, so he sounds exactly like Bernie Sanders. He talks like this. He's from Brooklyn. He even has a best friend named Bernie. I'm from Brooklyn. I talk yeah, all like his this. best friends. Uh, I think this, this is how Brooklyners talk, you know? Yeah. My dad. I, I don't know. How does Bernie talk? He talks like this. They talk like this. Paul. That's my dad's name. Paul. Yeah. That's my father's middle name. What? My father's middle name was Paul. Oh, yay. Mm. A connection. I think we yeah. knew that. So, and then my mom is a South Bronx Puerto Rican. So she sounds like Dino. It's like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, so I am a Juan Epstein, and I am very proud to be a fucking Juan Epstein. You're kind of like this personality of the character, too, because he was always like, cheerful and silly Aww. and you're cheerful and silly most of the time so yeah yeah i am except yeah. when i'm a cunt <laughs> yeah except when you're a cunt yeah but let me finish let me finish let's finish uh, with amy with amy okay so so she has her saturn in scorpio so that's not good she didn't take care of her health she turned to drugs and alcohol um but her saturn is also conjunct pluto so, that's giving her addiction much more of a chance that it'll end in death with Pluto being there. Yeah. Right, you want to read the next one? Yes, it is 
Moon conjunct Neptune. Okay, again, we have Neptune in the mix. Mm. Um, as it so often is with drug, with drug addicts. Um, where the fuck's her moon? Oh, there it is. All right, so her moon is in Capricorn. Now, the moon is a watery, emotional planet, and it represents mother and the feeling of being mother, the feeling of being nurtured, taken care of, things like that. Um, when Neptune is in an earth sign, or Neptune, I'm sorry, when the moon is in an earth sign like Capricorn, it doesn't function very well because the earth is opposed to water. Earth is not emotional. Earthy people can be very unemotional. So that tells me that she didn't get enough nurturing as a child. That's my speculation. Her mother was probably cold and distant or was just physically absent. And she didn't have any other women in her life to really nurture her. So when people don't get love and nurturing from their parents, they very often turn to drugs. And, and her boyfriend didn't help. Apparently right. her boyfriend was pushing the drugs on her. Well, there you go. There yeah. you go. There's the, there's the, there's the whole and thing. And he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, so, so her moon was conjunct Neptune. So once again, she didn't feel loved. What was waiting for her right there? Neptune, drugs. What I think is that for her dad and her boyfriend both, she was their cash cow. Yeah. All right, so she didn't, feel, she didn't feel nurtured by the men in her life. Maybe that's what it was. Well, yeah. Men or women, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Felt unloved. It sounds like she was surrounded by more men and less women. Yeah. You know. Okay. I'll take your word for it since I don't really don't know anything about her life. All right, you want okay. to read the next one? Yes, I do. It is a moon conjunct. No, I already did that one. It's Venus conjunct Mars trine, my Neptune. Her Neptune, sorry. Yeah, hers, not yours. I'm trying to do London Cockney and be <laughs> Amy. But London okay. Cockney, I got to get into. Anyway, go on. So Venus conjunct, Venus and Mars are the relationship planets, okay? Um, Venus is the goddess of love. That's love. That's letting people in. Mars is also a social planet, but it has more to do with um, put it, putting up strong boundaries and standing up for yourself. Um, so they're, 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 a pair, they're a good pair. They work well together if they're well-aspected. Now, in her chart, they're well-aspected, but they're both in Leo. So what that tells me is that when she would get into this goes back to the thing you said about her boyfriend that, that just treated her like a cash cow. Mm -hmm. Those planets being in Leo, and they're trying the moon, again, telling me that when she felt unloved, she went to try to get you know, a boyfriend. Um, or a man in her life, you know, she sought that out when she was feeling unloved. She sought out a relationship and she probably wasn't very, um, you know, she didn't screen them well because she was felt so bad about herself and being unloved. She didn't screen her boyfriends well, I don't think. And also the fact that Venus and Mars are in Leo, which is a self, the most self-centered of signs, that tells me that the people she hooked up with were probably very self-centered and they really didn't give her what she needed. Yeah. 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 See, it just like, like I speculate that just from reading articles here and there when she was right. alive, you know? 
Yeah, it's fucking sad. Amy and Janice are were yeah, so talented. Very tragic figures. They're both women who didn't get enough love and sought, you know, sought it all their lives and never really were satisfied. And they turned to drugs and it killed them. So they're yeah. both the same in that respect. Yeah. And they both had amazing voices. Oh my God, all yeah. All the pain, you know, it's true. I mean, if you have some pain in your life, I really think it makes you a better artist. I'm not oh. saying you should go out and seek pain, but if you go through some trauma in your life, I really think it makes for better art than if you had like a perfect life where nothing bad ever happened. Well, I don't know. Didn't Ansel Adams have a perfect life? He made perfect Ansel fucking Adams. pictures. Yeah. Well, oh I'm boy, he didn't. I'm not saying. Oh no, I know, I know. I'm just teasing. You can't. No, have I a, agree. You can art. Easy, yeah, you can have an easy life and make great art. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying, from my observation of people I know and people I've read about, when you have at least a little bit of pain, it helps to make stronger art. More, you know, because you need to get that shit out. You need to express it, and it's it's powerful. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, you know. Um, I don't know if you saw it, back to Simon Pegg, because apparently he's the celebrity I'm focusing on this episode for my references today. Huh. Um, he had a show before Shaun of the Dead called Spaced, and there is my- you turn me on to it. You've seen it, and you know the character yeah. Brian, the artist. Every right, time they go, right. yeah, when Brian describes how he does his art, pain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great character. Yeah, yeah, we related. To, yeah. yeah, I definitely relate to that. Yeah, yeah, that, right. yeah. I, I like what you said. I think pain should go in art. I, I put a lot of pain in art. Yeah, sure. we've got, I mean, Mixie and I, we haven't had terrible, terribly difficult lives like Janice and Amy, but we've had our share of pain. We've yeah. had our share of hard times. And, you yeah. know, it comes out. It comes out of my art, definitely. It comes out in Mixie's singing and her writing. So, yeah. yeah. I sing with heart. I may not yeah. sing spectacularly technically, but I sing with motherfucking heart. It's good enough. It's, it's fine technically. I've never heard, well, no, that's true. I have heard you sing flat, but no, that's when you, that's when Except you with my dad, <laughs> when he picked right, a bad yeah. key. That's when you were just like messing around and not really trying to sing well. Yeah, I'm going to prove at the end of this episode that I could fucking sing Summertime by Porgy and Bess. Okay. From Porgy and Bess, yeah. Sing it, sing it in the right key this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember father. what key my dad had it in. It was her father's fault. He was strumming in, in the wrong key, and so Mixie kept going flat. Yeah. And we practiced it for an hour in that key, and that was the best I could make it sound. Jesus. What's your dad's first name? Paul. Paul. Oh, that's right. We should have brought my mother over so she, she could yell at him and say, Paul, you're flat. <laughs> so Dave's mom is also a singer and a pianist, or was. And she she's used to sing the French. Mandolin. Oh, my wow. Were, my parents were folk singers all throughout the 60s. Yeah, if you ever saw that movie, A Mighty Wind, it's pretty much about Dave's parents. Yeah, they were that those types of folk singers. Yeah. Um, but they weren't like hippies or beatniks or anything. They didn't do drugs. They didn't dress. And no, drugs. they were straight. Your they were parents. very straight. My dad wore a suit and a tie on stage. 
But you got to realize they started in the late 50s before there were beatniks and hippies. Yeah. But they were very liberal. I mean, they were hippies without the, the costume. They're extremely liberal. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. And are you boomers or silent generation? No, my parents. No, well, my father was born in 27. So I don't know. What oh, yeah. He's definitely was. the silent generation then, I think. My mother was born in 36. I think they're both silent generation. Okay. Nobody makes fun of that generation anymore. No. <laughs> All right, you want to read the next one? Yes, I do. Let me try my cockney again. Amy, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse, mate. Oh, uh, right. Neptune Square, Sun and Mercury in conjunction. Square. I, I never could. Square. Never Say Mercury again. Square. Square. Okay, <laughs> Neptune Square, Sun and Mercury. Um... Again, we have Neptune, the planet of drugs, making a difficult aspect to her son. And if you remember, I told you that in, um, <clears throat> in medical astrology, the sun is one of the indicators of health of the body, and it's being squared by Neptune. So her son is in an earth sign. So again, we have water versus earth. So we have Neptune, you know, fighting with her Virgo son for whether or not her body holds together or falls apart. Also, she had her, her Mercury conjunct her son in, in um, Virgo, which is very common for people to have Mercury square or conjunct sun because, you know, it, it doesn't really take that long to go around the sun. But here's the problem. Mercury represents how you think about things, about life, about yourself. And especially if it's conjunct your, your sun, it's how you think about yourself. Virgo, when it's not being used well, is very self-critical. People who are, have very negative, strong Virgo, they just, they, they beat themselves over the head all the time. They're constantly criticizing themselves and feeling like they're not good enough. So I think that despite all her success, deep down, she didn't like herself or felt like she wasn't good enough. And then again, where does she turn? Neptune and drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Neptune fucks your shit up, man. Well, it does if it's, if it's not in a good place in your chart. Yeah. So you can have Neptune placed in a really good place. Like in my chart, Neptune is really good. And Neptune is what allows me to do astrology and read tarot and do the energy work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an example of how Neptune in a positive placement. Right. It's all how that it probably does that for me too. Like I do tarot and I do healing yeah. and, you know, these massage. People we, these people whose charts we've been looking at have just had very bad Neptune placements and an abundance of Pluto placements. Yeah. Yeah. You want to read the next one? Yes, I do, sir. Neptune. Oh, we yeah, did that. that one. Uh, we're up to their north nodes now. Yeah. All right. I love north nodes. So Amy's north node is in first house conjunct ascendant, and Janet Janice's north node is in Leo. Oh, uh, was that one of our... 
Yeah. You know how I love the nodes. <laughs> the that nodes know. That wasn't one of our comparisons, though. No, we just, okay. we just put that there. It's right That's before the comparison. I said that. Because I asked. Because I like the nodes. I wanted to know where their nodes were. All right, well, her node, her north node is not really, there's nothing, it's not afflicted or anything. It's in Gemini. Um, so in this lifetime, she needed to learn how to be more discriminating about what she chose to do and who she chose to associate with. Um, it's retrograde, which means it's retrograde and it's in the first house. So planets in the first house and planets that are retrograde are sometimes hard to access. They don't seem like a part of you. They seem like they're outside of you. And since she had her ascendant in Gemini and also her, her Chiron, which is healing in Gemini, she really needed to use those Gemini planets. And I don't think she really used them very well. Um, okay. She was very social, but on a, on, a, on a superficial level, and that's negative Gemini, right? Right? Yeah. Wasn't she very social, but really kind of on a superficial level? I don't know. I didn't socialize with All her. All right, well, my, my guess is, from what I know- I'm 10 years older than her. Right. My guess is that when she socialized, it was kind of superficial. Like, she didn't let people really get to know her. Um, or she picked the wrong people to really get to know her deep down. Mm -hmm. So she didn't really use her Gemini um, to be discriminating and to, you know, it's Gemini is the fact checker. You know what I mean? It's the fact yeah. checker. And she didn't check her facts. So I think that that worked against her. And that's yeah. my, last, my last thing for Amy. Okay. Yeah. Now we're up to both of them. Yeah, so what we've, been doing, what we've been doing is comparing their charts and seeing if there's any similarities. Yeah, and there are. It's, and it's all fucking Neptune. I mean, our first one, Neptune personalized. Neptune. Holy shit. Yeah, it's all fucking Neptune. That's Neptune. how you came to the realization under the first Neptune. Okay. Well, right. Nep what? Go ahead, say it. Neptune personalized aspecting sun and moon for both. Okay, so if you remember from the previous episodes, when the outer planet, Neptune, Uranus, Pisces, um, Pluto, which are very powerful energies, which are very hard to deal with on a personality level, when they're working, they just sweep everything away because they're like, sorry, it's time for you to go through a transformation. We don't care. You know, if you like your boyfriend, he's not good for you, he's gone. And there's nothing you can do about it. Now, <laughs> for most people, they only, they, they only experience those energies when they're transiting. But if it's personalized, which means it's aspecting either the sun or the moon, that means that energy is always at work in their life, like all the time. And both of them had them personalized, both sun and moon. So that's a heavy, heavy fucking dose of Neptune just right there you know even if they didn't go through what they went through they still probably would have ended up as drug addicts as, yeah. as it is they ended up famous rock star drug addicts 
But yeah. if, they, if they weren't famous rock stars, I would say with Neptune personalized like that, they still probably would have been alcoholics or drug addicts. Um, do you think, uh, uh, I have my finger up, but your eyes were downcast. I was just going to ask, do you think, like, just again, speculation, do you yeah. think Janice reincarnated into Amy and tried <laughs> to do it, right? <laughs> Maybe, who knows? Do you ever think that? No, I never thought that, but like she couldn't give up the blues, man. Yeah. Maybe they'll be British this time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already kind of covered the next one. The next one says both alcoholics. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go to the next, next one. Neptune makes them great singers. All right, we know this. Let's just talk yeah. about Neptune. It's in the seventh house. What does that mean? Well, the seventh house is the house of love relationships and intimate relationships. And both of them had difficulty with relationships. Both of them never could really find a man who would stick with them and who would appreciate them for who they are. And I'm guessing that you know, the drug addiction um, played a part in them not really being able to have successful relationships. That either they acted out with drugs or the people they attracted acted out from drugs or the people they attracted like gave them drugs or enablers. Yeah. And the, the I mean, were, in the business, when you're a big fucking star, they push everything on exactly. you. Exactly. And it's interesting, the south node is there too. So that tells me that that behavior kind of came naturally to them because they had it, they had that sort of thing happening in other lifetimes. You know, they were drug addicts yeah. in other lifetimes or, or yeah. had, you know, bad relationships in other, other lifetimes. So, huh. um, so that's it, that's the last one. Oh, wow. Well, we, I we, hope we brought some I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, these two seem so much more alike than Freddie and Kurt. Don't you, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No, Jim and Kurt. Or Jim and Kurt, I'm Freddie sorry. Freddie and Keith. Right. And I, I think um, since we're a, a week ahead of schedule, I think next week we should do our last of the true 27 Club episodes. Oh, okay. What is it? Who our last it? one is two of our favorites, Jeff oh, yeah. Buckley and Jimi Hendrix. The last oh. guy. Yay. Yay, Jeff. I love I, Jeff. I, I saw love Jeff Jim. Buckley opening. Fuck for you. I hate you. No fair. You, know you tell your Jeff Buckley story and then I'll tell mine. Okay. Well, we went, my ex-wife at the time, we were both heavily into Jeff Buckley. But we also liked Juliana Hatfield. So he was opening for her. And man, he was so fucking intense. He was so good. His voice was so amazing. And nothing against Juliana Hatfield, but her voice is nothing really special. And he, you know what that was? They sang Kick Out the Jams by MC5. And he was just like jumping up and down and screaming it out. Well, it was, he loved it was, covering MC5. Yeah, it blew, it blew me away. And then I, I couldn't enjoy Juliana Hatfield. And you can tell they were, they were trying extra hard to be like hardcore. It just wasn't happening. So I felt bad for her. I'm like, yeah, that sucks. I love Juliana Hatfield. Yeah. Like the, the Your Sister song reminds like me of my daughters. And Woodstock, the Who and Jimi Hendrix were arguing about who was going to go on first and who was going to go out last because neither one of them wanted to follow the other. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
Who would well, follow turned, Jimmy? They yeah. well, they just put Jimmy last, though. It they did. They did, but there was an argument about who was going to go on last. Like the Who didn't want to follow Hendrix, and Hendrix didn't want to follow the Who. They're like, so we already did, opened for Janice once. We can't do Jimmy too. Yeah. Well, Jimmy ended up going on last, but to to sort of you know catch up with the Who or or be more like them, he set his guitar on fire. Because, you know, the Who always smashed their instruments at the end of the show. And yeah, so he was like, shit, i got to do something. So he slid his guitar on fire. I mean, it's so much more poignant. But uh, yeah. one more note on Janet. All right, we introduced the last episode. One more, my final note on Janice and Amy. Um, it's so sad. I hope we brought some laughter to this episode because they're so sad and so tragic. And I really miss them. You know, like it's yeah. just terrible what the fuck happened to them. Janis Joplin only put out three albums in her lifetime. Wow. Yeah. Amy was only like three and I'm or sorry, four. four. She did four. Amy was the same. And her she last does- album was her best. She was like at the top of her game when she died. Oh, wow. She had just put out the album Pearl, which like to me, it's, that's the one with me and Bobby McGee. And to me, that's her yeah. best album. Well, I think, I mean, in this day and age, Amy was just crashing anyway, and she was a joke. You know, they were mocking her in, in movies and media. And uh, I think Back to Black, her debut album, is actually her best. Yeah. She had a duet with Tony Bennett. You know, she was. they were pushing her with all the greats before either they yeah. or her died, I think. I've seen that with Tony Bennett. I've seen that video. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Well, one other thing, one other thing about Jimmy oh, Hendrix. Oh. Yeah. I, the first Why don't you save I, it till next week's episode? No, when I just we want do to say. Yeah, okay. Say it now, because we're talking about how we became introduced to these people. Okay. When I, my, like I said, my parents were folk singers. My father had a brother, my uncle, who was twenty years younger than him. So in the late sixties. My uncle was like in his 20s and he was living out in San Francisco and he used to send my father rock records to try to get my dad into rock because my dad hated rock. So I would look through their records and I would see these cool looking albums and I'd be like, dad, what's this? He's like, it's rock. And I'd be like, (laughs) yeah, so I'd be like, can I have it then? He's like, yeah, take it. So I was looking through one day and I saw, are you experienced? Jimi mm. Hendrix's first album, which is oh, still the best album. one to me. With that oh, yeah. really cool psychedelic cover, you know, where they're all fish islands uh, and stuff. Well, no, that's by Mobius, right? The Voodoo yeah, Soup? No. Well, a oh, lot okay. of people use the fish islands, but the first oh, album, oh. Are You Experienced, has this very trippy cover. And oh. I remember putting it on, I was like four or five years old. I remember putting it on my little fucking box, you know, three <laughs> foot by three foot box, uh, record player and just my the top of my head fucking exploded i swear <laughs> to god i was like oh my god old, and that be- it's still one of my all-time favorite albums at 30, you know, 50 years later 50 years 50 years 50 years and i, can still I mean it's it, and i'm not tired of it i never get tired of that record i can listen to are you experienced every day for the rest of my life yeah every fucking day that's I love that. The first time I heard that album, I I was late. I was early twenties, late teens. I don't know. I didn't get into Jimmy till later. Oh, you're like I said, I was obsessed with the music of my age at that oh, point. Oh. In the nineties, we had so much good shit. Oh yeah, I missed the nineties. 
yeah, right. But yeah, when I first heard Are You Experienced the song, I was like, Oh yeah. To be in this song, man. That is a trippy song. I love that song. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you once again for listening to Mixie and Dave at Fight Cusp. We are fightcusp at gmail.com. What? Is it right out, Gobda? Oh, right out. Um, you can reach us. Oh, I already gave that email. Uh, let's see then. Um, well, be prepared to tune into our videos on YouTube too, because not only I didn't um, introduce this yet, but our second episode, which is um, will be out before this comes out, on the video we have original art. Um, we're gonna try to insert art when we can. Uh, we have our friends do it, or Dave does it. Dave's best friend, or Dave. And then uh, we met I, a friend of mine who I met and I'm now dating. She found love during quarantine. How weird is that? So in our second episode, you'll see art by my new boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Just like Janice and Amy's charts, you know, I was looking for love the whole time, too. Like, my whole life, I'm like, I just want that one person that compliments me, you know? That could be a book title, like Love in the in the in Love in the Time of Cholera. You know that book? Well, that's what I told my dad when I told him about Jeff at Jeff Mal Arts, guys. Uh, I said, Dad, it's Love in the Time of Cholera. He's like, Yeah, does he have a job? <laughs> <laughs> that's my Brooklyn Jewish dad. That's great. That's great. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, there will be more credits and notes. I'm not going to. We're just going to end it. It's been over an hour. Hello. We've talked a lot. I love you, Dave. Love you, too, Mixie. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hands All right. Forward.